Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Burnt Cookbook Party, an original Pathfinder campaign set in a unique fantasy world where four heroes of varying skills, attractiveness, and stupidity race against time to prevent a war. I'm Jenna Stieber, and I play Maribeth Tinbarrel, a animal-armed shifter druid stuck between dwarf and beast. And I'm joined by... Andrew Hansen, playing Tommy Ember Eyes, a dark and smoldering <laughs> Ifrit shadow slayer hunting his targets in the darkness. Caitlin Stadahar, playing Toots Capolini, a gnome <laughs> fighter ready to strike it big with my crossbow and my marvelous inventions. <laughs> and I'm Paul Lukemeyer playing Tetra, a Floriad aromophile, looking for the right place to put down its roots. And we're, of course, led today and for the rest of all time by our illustrious GM and world builder, Justin Green. Hey, Justin, how are you? Doing great. Just got back from Chicago. Ooh. I ate so much food. I ate so much food. As you should. Did you travel down on a riverboat or did you drive? I unfortunately drove <laughs> the whole way. Justin, Justin, how, how deep was the dish of your pizza? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm about to go way off the topic. <laughs> well, Justin, you sound 50 years younger. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I wonder why. So let's see. What what were we doing last time? It is the fourth bloody year of the Great War. Uh, all this had begun as a land dispute. The people of Erosia, with their country sinking further into the ocean every day, looked at the vast, sparsely populated nation of Rescris and saw an answer to their problems. Rescris's royal family, the Rune Furies, were sympathetic, more than willing to help those that no longer had a home, but they feared what would happen once Erosia was entirely underwater. What a desperate, keen Aimway the Sixth might do if he no longer had a country of his own to rule over. And this fear and desperation won out, negotiations turned to bloodshed. After Erosia allied with Berwyn, Rescris knew that it wouldn't stand a chance alone, and so it turned to the vile orcs of Guldor to survive. The orcs promised a weapon that couldn't be defeated, a demigod completely under their control, and this doom weapon turned the tide of the war in Rescris's favor, raising entire cities to the ground in the process. In response, more demigods began making their presence known, and to those at the heart of the conflict, it became clear that this was no longer just a land dispute. It was a battle between gods themselves. 
And now four years in, there seems to be no end in sight. But life must go on, and in the bustling riverside city of Thune, villagers stand shoulder to shoulder, sharing news from the capital while they barter for produce and buy fish as it's reeled in. There's boats of all shapes and sizes floating past in both directions, but we are most interested in one singular barnacle-covered trawler that is about to undock. And standing on the deck of this rickety vessel, having accepted a job to safely escort a mysterious client downriver to Olvadel for a hefty sum of money, are four very peculiar adventurers who are meeting now for the first time. Jenna, would you like to introduce your character? Well, of course. I'm playing a dwarf druid shifter, a subtype of druid that is specializes in changing into animal forms. Um, but Maribeth is having some struggles, and you can tell that immediately because when you walk up, she doesn't have dwarf arms. She does have bear arms, um, and she's sort of she's she's sort of like nervously um, talk to them uh, uh, next to her body, so they seem less obvious. But they're just really hard to miss. Otherwise, so the, the fur on the bare arms, like the fur on her head, is sort of a, a dark reddish brown, and she's got just a very small, very very nicely maintained uh, kind of goatee that sticks down from her chin. And uh, she's wearing like very normal clothes, like no armor that you can see, but she does have around her neck a chain bracelet-like necklace from which several amulets and various protection charms dangle. And uh, she looks around kind of nervous. She's not the, the one to make the first move. But she'll, she'll say something like, I've heard there's some good seafood here. <laughs> I don't love salmon. Not, I just not because I have bare arms. It's unrelated. Oh, God. <laughs> Paul, would you like to introduce your character? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tetra is a Floriad, which is a in-setting player race. They're like dryads. They are plant people. They come from a jungle, and they're often covered with colorful aromatic flowers. Tetra is based on a corpse flower, so it has a broad red and white speckled blossom and gives off a unique and unmistakable aroma. <laughs> Tetra's class is a mesmerist archetype called aromophile, using intense scents instead of intense stares to perform mesmerist abilities. Is the unmistakable scent the scent of corpse? Sometimes. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Is that a rude thing to ask, Florian? Seems like a bit of a personal question. <laughs> Don't be nervous, dearie. Don't you know a stranger is just a friend you've never met? (laughs) (laughs) And are friends just strangers I have met? Yes. (laughs) Caitlin, would you like to introduce your character? I would love to introduce to everyone... (laughs) Old Toots Capolini. (laughs) So Toots is... Standing proudly on the bow of the ship, he's not nervous. He's ready for anything that the world throws at him. Toots is a gnome, and uh, as such, looks like a gnome. He's got a nice (laughs) bushy beard. He's a little stocky guy. He's wearing a 
some sensible pants, some <laughs> cowboy boots. Yes. A nice vest with lots of pockets and a big floppy hat. Oh, yeah. And around his neck, he's got all his various supplies. He's got a canteen, some pots and pans. He's got a pickaxe. He's got a lantern. He's got a wooden spoon. And strapped across his back is his weapon of choice. Toots is a crossbow man. And Toots' crossbow is, as you would expect from a gentleman of his repute, (laughs) is full of bits and bobs and extraneous knobs and extra screws and complicated pulleys. No one else could even consider being able to operate it other than old Toots. Toots stands with his hands on his hip and he says... Now, I reckon there's nothing to be worried about around here. I reckon that opportunity awaits us. That when we get to Olvadale, I'm going to strike it big. I'm going to show the world what Toots has to offer. Oh, I can't wait to also learn what Toots has to offer. (laughs) Oh, I reckon it's gonna be something. You just wait and see, Missy. Okay, okay, yeah, I can wait. Andrew, would you like to introduce your character? I introduced him in sort of Johnny's voice, but really that's just because he was smoldering silently uh, with glowing (laughs) eyes that stare out from behind a ninja mask that, you know, part of that ninja outfit normally would include... Sort of something that covers the torso, but instead it's a bare-chested torso covered in tattoos <sighs> that you can see a little bit behind the torn and tattered gray cloak. This mysterious person that smells faintly of brimstone uh, and stares intensely has only pointed to identify himself as Tommy Ember Eyes. Yeah, love it. Let, we'll circle back on that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and whenever he hears um, Maribet talk about Olvidel, uh it being a good town for seafood, he nods, but doesn't seem to offer anything with those nods, just acknowledging. Andrew, I'm sorry. Are you playing a mute hero? <laughs> <laughs> this is Johnny's video game flashback, so... <laughs> <laughs> I am I am ju- a, br- a brim, Andrew, a brim with questions. <laughs> and right now it's like when you fill a cup to the very top and you can see the surface tension quivering to keep all those questions in. Because oh, yeah. I want to play the game. But we have seen <laughs> we both know Johnny and Tommy. Yeah, we know this motherfucker. He betrayed us. <laughs> I mean, not us, uh, not Maribeth and Toots and Tetra, but... The rest of us. So I can't wait. I can't wait to hear your explanation, Andrew. (laughs) I can't wait to definitely get a bunch of answers this round. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) As the four of you make your introductions, a small crew of hired deckhands ensure smooth sailing down the Davin River. And the prairies that made up your surroundings during the first half of the trip slowly turn into marshlands and the water becomes a murkier brown. 
It's been about an hour into the trip, and you hear a hatch in the back of the boat being thrown open, slamming against the wall, uh, and a middle-aged human man stumbles out. He's still trying to find his sea legs. He has, uh, like, shoulder-length brown hair, and he's got a thick mustache. He approaches the four of you, and he asks, Sorry that it took me a while to get out here. How's the trip been so far? Uneventful, uh, which rivers are not often. Again, this is not a bear thing. I'm a dwarf. I, it's just a, it's a coincidence that we're on a river. It's been no, it's been good. It's been a good trip. I've I've been enjoying myself. It's not that often that old Toots gets to ride on a real boat. Sometimes when I'm sitting out there and I'm just hitting rocks with a pickaxe and just. Thinking about the world and my inventions and, and life and how big it all is, I just think I'd like to get on a boat and I'd like to just just ride away. And then look at me, I reckon here I am right now riding on a boat. It's a good day to be Toots. <laughs> I think Toots is right. Boat people are so fun and friendly. There's nothing I love better than a friendly group of people. <laughs> Justin, is this man uh, our hire, Aratus, the blood mage? Yeah, you could make a perception check or a history nobility check to, to see what you know about this man. Maribeth doesn't have any of those skills, but she supports <laughs> the rest of you. It's <laughs> very kind of her. <laughs> She's nothing if not sweet and supportive, this Maribeth. I think I might have rolled a natural 20. So I got a, you think so you might I got a 33 on my perception check. Ooh. Uh, nice. I just got a 25, Justin. Oh, how pathetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you doing perception as well? Yes. I almost said Zelf. That's going to be, I'm not going to do well. <laughs> <laughs> Old Toots has a 23 on his perception check. Not bad. You guys are all able to see that this man's arms are are covered in a multitude of thin scars, like shallow cuts uh, from a blade that have kind of healed over, some more so than others. He wears blue robes, but they seem very inexpensive, poorly made. Andrew, Tommy, with a 20, you are able to clock that this is Aretas the Blood Mage. Mm-hmm. And some of you may know that he is the Archmage of Erosia. Great. He's a very famous person, uh, especially during wartime. He looks shockingly unremarkable compared to the amount of legends <laughs> that surround him. <laughs> but you know that he's known for his divinations, for writing prophecies that are held as gospel by the royal Amway family. And he also has an inborn talent to cast fire spells with his left hand and ice spells with his right hand. Oh, Ooh, hell cool. yeah. Sick. That's kind Fucking of his cool. calling Super card. Cool. Icy hot. He kind of feels you staring at him, Tommy. And uh, Rias is like, I know some of you may recognize me, but I assure you that our journey today is not political in nature. It's a wholly personal matter with unfortunately poor timing. The war is behind us for now. I must seek counsel with a group of scholars in Olvidel at once. If you ensure my safe passage there, then I will pay each of you 10,000 gold. Stop him. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, you can rely on us. I've never seen a group of people more reliable than us. You know, it's in our hands. Again, again, not a, a ref. Yeah, it's just, it's in our hands, metaphorically. It's in our bare hands. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Pay no attention to my bare arms. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. Bear you no mind. Toots is not going to make fun of you, but Caitlin is, so. <laughs> Uh, Tetra wants to size this guy up and say, do you mind if I call you Aretas or is it Mr. Archmage? <laughs> you can call me Aretas. I'm just a simple man like any one of you. And you can call me Tetra, whether or not I'm a simple man. Listen, is this a pleasure cruise or do you expect there to be trouble? <laughs> <laughs> And I want to make a sense motive check to see if I can gauge his response. Johnny nods like this is also what he was intending. Who nods, his... Andrew? Tommy, Tommy Who nods. nods. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I have no time for simple pleasures. I assume that this trip will be fairly straightforward. Uh, I got a 24 on sense motive, if that tells me anything. You can tell that he's... Being honest with you, you look around at this piece of shit boat and you can tell that, you know, he's not really <laughs> interested in riding in luxury or enjoying himself. You know, it's very utilitarian. Okay. As he says that he thinks that the journey is going to be pretty straightforward and easy, you feel the boat get rocked over <laughs> to the left. Uh, you all kind of stumble a little bit. And you get a brief glimpse beneath this brown, muddy water of some blue scales. <gasps> Something fairly large is swimming around the boat. Oh, damn, Bernie, I think we got us a critter in the water. <laughs> <laughs> can I roll knowledge nature to see if I can pinpoint what this is? Yes, for sure. As a druid, I'm good at that. I roll hmm. a... Oh, 27 total. Beautiful. Yes. Marybeth, you recognize that this is a specific reptilian sort of river monster called a water orm. Um, It's serpentine, (laughs) but it has more of like a gator head. Oh, it's huge. Okay. The tail swings out of the water and slaps into the boat. Oh. And there is a large portion of the back of the boat deck is just taken clean off luckily nothing uh that is supporting the the boat itself like the structure of the hole or anything Uh (laughs) uh-oh that's very startling yeah i don't think that water worm is here for pleasure if you get my drift (laughs) oh dumb fungal it i should have known there's gonna be scorpions and critters around these parts (laughs) caitlin i could listen to this voice all day <laughs> oh god all right marybeth you also know that these water orms are rarely discovered except by their own choice because they can dissolve into the water uh and, and disappear so it only comes up when it's ready to uh feed <laughs> <laughs> god okay the real shrieking eels vibe here justin yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you also know with that role that it is immune to cold and resists fire. Okay, nice. that's good to know. Why don't we roll initiative? Well, I rolled a one, but I get a plus three, <laughs> so that's a four. So. Well, well uh, done, toots. 
I rolled an 18. Um, Justin, I just got a 10 on initiative. I got a 15. Uh, Meredith, what do you want to do? Well, so the aspects I have open to me are Peafowl, which I don't think is going to be very useful. <laughs> Bear, which will be more useful, but which is not great I at swimming. I can't believe you dick Peafowl. <laughs> I thought it would be funny. And Snake. Tragically, I bailed the, the last minute on taking Electric Eel, and boy, do I regret it now. Ugh. <sighs> Just had to get that peacock in there. I, huh? I had I had to get my hands on that peacock. <laughs> <laughs> I did take the snake though, and the snake does have uh, swim speed. Cool. So Maribeth has a feat that allows her to change aspects as a swift action when she takes a movement. So Maribeth is going to basically run and jump off the front of the boat and mid drop. Mm-hmm change into Ooh. her snake form. Yeah. yeah. Maribeth is a, a woman of action. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely badass. <laughs> Toots is dumbfounded by this. <laughs> uh, and she shifts midair into an emperor cobra, which is a wow. very, very large snake. Unfortunately, I think Maribeth is not very graceful so i think instead of like diving nose first like a beautiful elegant ribbon <laughs> the snake just kind of belly flops <laughs> on, <laughs> on the water awesome yeah but it's got that surface area so it doesn't sink yeah. that's its swim style right yeah <laughs> it yeah. flops there's a horrible really fleshy like slapping sound as it lands <laughs> <laughs> if i if i jump off the front of the boat am i close enough to do an attack justin Absolutely, and I would even give you like a charge, like a running jump oh, onto dope. it if you wanted to go that route. I do want nice. to go that route. Is this a grapple check or is this more like a rodeo check? I'm going to make a <laughs> bite attack. Okay. It will not right. be a grab <laughs> or a grapple, but I do get a poison. So I'm going to do a little chompy. And let me just figure out, okay, so I've got 10 base attack bonus. Oh, God, okay. God, we're in the fucking big leads now. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah seriously. <laughs> Big mama. Oh, I rolled really nicely. I rolled a 17, so with all my bonuses, that is a 36 to it bite into this water orm. Oh, man. Woohoo! Very yeah, nice. That's awesome. Does that hit, Justin? Beautiful. That definitely hits. Hell yeah. Okay. So that does 2d6 um, plus 15. Yeah. God, okay. Doesn't this feel good? Doesn't this make you feel powerful? <laughs> this is what Johnny yes. feels. Yes, Andrew. <laughs> feels good. I don't need to hear that. Uh, so I do 22 points of damage. I miss being a combatant. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is awakening things in me. Astra becomes aggro. Yeah. <laughs> or Jenna becomes aggro in real life. <laughs> Jenna smash. We were all waiting for that. <laughs> So I do 22 points of damage, and the Orm has to make a Fort DC 12, or it becomes poisoned. Okay. Well, it has a plus 13 Fort bonus, unfortunately, but I will Uh-oh. roll to see if it is okay. a I roll one. But I rolled a 19. <laughs> so <laughs> the poison doesn't take hold, but you do deal 22 damage to it, which is fantastic. And it is Tommy's turn. Oh, man. Does it look like the ship is going to sink? Not currently. But if it continues to hit it, absolutely. And does it look like the Archmage of Erosia is in danger of falling into the water and dying? Like Uh, in being eaten by this worm. Weakness. (laughs) 
<laughs> he looks like someone's, you know, dad. So he's like, like, oh, like, he, you know, like kind of looks a little goofy as he's knocked around. Like, you know, he's very powerful, but he yeah. looks like a doofus out there. <laughs> out of his element. Yeah. He's not good at boats, guys. All right. Okay. <laughs> he kind of sees what's on your mind and he says, don't worry about me. Get the monster. Save the ship or we'll all be in trouble. Tommy nods and then takes out a wand of invisibility and rolls to use it. Ooh. Classic ninja stuff. So I succeed on my use magic device check and turn invisible. Awesome. <laughs> oh, this is so exciting. Everybody <laughs> yes. has so many exciting things that none of our normal characters are able to do. <laughs> oh, man, there's so much I want to do. <laughs> we don't have teamwork synergy like Johnny Squad, though. So you know. no, that's true. Not yet. That's not true. yet. Does Johnny Squad have teamwork synergy? My guess is we'll get there faster than our normal characters. <laughs> <laughs> I want to use my uh, meta magic rod of persistent spell, which applies the metamagic feat to a spell I cast of spell level three or lower. It's a lesser rod. And I either want to use Ray of Enfeeblement or Phantasmal Memory. Do you think it would be better to weaken this thing or try to do damage to this thing? Does the memory one do damage? It creates a phantasmal reminder of damage that it took before, which causes more damage. Oh, that's fucking funny. I feel like that's oh sad. <laughs> Remember that one time you stubbed your toe really yeah. bad? Ah! <laughs> Remember when that other giant snake bit you that time? That sucked, didn't it? No, that's exactly it. Uh, it has to be any damage it took within the last round. Oh, that's fucking funny. <laughs> I'm going to use that one. The target is one living creature. Um, first, it's a will save to disbelieve and then a fortitude <laughs> save for partial. Tetra says, hmm, this one's feisty, isn't it? Zaps it with a phantasmal reminder. I love that the snake has an option to disbelieve you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, unfortunately, it's an illusion spell rather than an enchantment spell, so I don't get my bonuses for that. Oh, if I used my scent aura, <laughs> would that affect this fish, or is it too far away? It's a 10-foot radius. If you go to the edge of the boat, it's close enough. Great. So, Can in, in, fish <laughs> smell? Yeah, of course, they smell their whole body. What? Don't look that up. What? <laughs> uh, as a swift action, an aromaphile can release intoxicating aromas in a 10-foot radius burst. So this hits everybody, but it also hits the fish. Uh, and that causes it to take a minus three penalty on will saving throws, which it's about to make. Uh, and this funny. is a overwhelming mixture of sweet and bitter smells. <laughs> the smell of decay uh, and uh, it has to make a DC 18 save with a minus 3 that drops into a plus 4 I rolled a 1 <laughs> yeah, so. and then it has to make a fortitude save it's a word spell where it gets two saves. Uh, that one is just to see if it takes the full damage or half damage. Uh, I rolled a 21 on that. What was the DC? Uh, DC also 18. But because I cast it persistently, if it f succeeds, it has to immediately make another save. Uh, and if okay. it fails, it takes the full effect. I rolled better the second time, unfortunately. All right. 
Uh, well, it turns out fish are not very susceptible hey. to phantasmal spells. Well, that tracks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Do fish dream? <laughs> Who even knows? <laughs> Toots, what would you like to do? How close is old Toots to the monster right now? As close as you would like to be. So Toots, <laughs> as Justin described him in our pre-game discussion, is a little squishy. Um, in that Toots would like to avoid taking damage as much as possible and stay very far away from this monster. Toots is, however, going to draw his knobbly, coggy, buttony crossbow and is going to shoot it at this magnificent beast of the seas. Okay, so... Toots has a lot of crossbow-specific uh, feats. I think we're just going to do mini shot and rapid shot. Yeah. Toot toot. So I've fired four arrows in total <laughs> using my my mini shot. It's a badass crossbow, guys. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> Lots of dice get rolled. Great. Wow. <laughs> so you strike it with three of those that you fire off. Excellent. <laughs> That's a total of 40 damage. <laughs> Toot says, ah, dang, damn it, I'll show that serpent who's <laughs> <laughs> You see Aridus begin to move his hands to cast. As he does, he begins to levitate off of the ground a little bit, as if he's not even thinking about it. It's just something that he does. And he casts a spell called Cold Ice Strike. It is a spell that creates a flurry of ice slivers that blast from his hand and in a line striking the water orm who gets a reflex save. How long does your debuff last, Paul? Uh, it lasts for a minute, but it only affects will saves, not reflex saves. Okay. He does make his reflex save, uh, so that halves the damage. Uh, actually, I think it might only do five because it also resists cold damage. Oh, oh man. Aretas oh, failed his knowledge nature check. Nice try, Aretas. Right? Actually, he's immune to ice damage. I cast the wrong <laughs> spell, but that's fine because Aretas doesn't know. Uh, so he tries to freeze this thing that's in the water, uh, and it does nothing. You do see some blood start to leak from a couple of the, the newer-looking scars on Aretas's arm as he does this. Ooh. Uh-oh. Blood mage. Mm. That tracks. So the orm is wrestling with... <laughs> That's right, it's wrestling. <laughs> Mirabeth. And so it's going to attempt to bite you, Jenna. Bring it. A 30 at your AC. Oh boy, yeah, that no, that hits. That do hit, though. Uh, so it deals 21 damage. <laughs> and then is going to attempt to grab you, like just hold you in its mouth here. Hmm. It's going to be against your CMD, a 37. Usefully, this character sheet says, I cannot be tripped because I am a snake. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately, (laughs) that still beats my CMD. (laughs) Uh, So it bites down on you and holds you in its mouth. And it is your turn now. I mean, this might be my only chance to get swallowed and then burst out of the throat of some monster, Cla- right? Classic. Classic. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Can I give that up? Think of the fans. Could just morph into a bear in its throat. No, no, I'm just going to fight it. For now.
If that for now sounded ominous, then don't worry, you'll be back in the action soon. I just wanted to remind you that, hey, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash bcbparty. Your subscription unlocks ad-free episodes and access to our secret official super fun Discord channel, where we offer insight and background info on episodes, and we answer your burning questions and so much as we can without, you know, spoiling stuff. Your support gets you all of that, plus it just flat out helps us support create in the show. It helps us create the show. You are supporting us in creating the show. That's what I meant to say. Uh, And presumably you like the show and hopefully it uh, keeps you on your toes and keeps you entertained. We just invested some of that Patreon money into improving the recording setup for our team. And we hope to continue to be able to do that, which we can with your support at patreon.com slash bcbparty. I know I fucked that up, but I'm not going to re-record it. I think it's fine. And of course, if you can't afford to support us with money, we totally understand. Consider recommending the show to your friends or your family, perhaps in lieu of talking to them during some kind of American family-based holiday gathering. Does your rich aunt like unctuous flower people? Because if so, you finally have something to talk to her about. Okay, back to the episode. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I'm going to take a full round action to fight it, and I'm going to use my power attack feat, which gives me a minus three penalty on all melee attack rolls. With this bite attack, it'll give me a plus nine to my damage. So, Great. Yeah. chomp, chomp, chomp. Chomping. And I take a minus two, right? Because I'm grappled? Yes. I have a 
trait as a dwarf called Lasting Grudge, I get plus one bonus <laughs> on attack rolls against individual creatures that have attacked me within a day. <laughs> oh, yes. I love that. <laughs> as a swift action, I can use my shifter claws. When I'm in human form, they turn my hands into natural weapons. When I am shifted, they just give me a 1d6 damage boost to whatever natural attack I am using. Uh-huh. So. Hell yeah. First attack does a 21. Uh, 21 just misses. Oh. Probably shouldn't have power attacked, but I don't regret it. Let me try the second. I'll, I'll roll better. Uh, and I rolled even worse, so I rolled oh. a 17 oh. on that one. So. Oh. Yeah, no, that's okay. You know, I'm bitten. So I think it's okay if I'm a little startled. Maribeth flails a little snake in the mouth of this creature. Tommy Emberize, what would you like to do? Um, So this creature is partially on board, I guess, since Maribeth is grappling with it, right? Oh, I threw myself into the water. Yeah, so it's it's right on the edge outside of the boat, uh, like its head above water holding Maribeth. I will strike at it from the boat, like having moved there uh, and revealing my invisibility using a vital strike. All right. So let me see if I hit. Nice. So 32 hit. Yes. So 32 definitely hits. And then then because it's flat footed because of the invisibility, I get my sneak attack damage. Awesome. Ooh, ninja sneakiness. Okay. I deal 20 damage. Yeah, you come up uh, behind striking this thing. What weapon is Tommy Emberize carrying? Is it his ninja sword? So Tommy Emberize is wielding, pulled from seemingly nowhere, uh, (laughs) appears to be wielding some sort of giant spiked shield in one hand and what appears to merely be an oversized sword haft of black iron in the other. Ooh, interesting. (laughs) But the strike definitely appears to have been that of a blade. And for the briefest instant, whoosh, there's a flash of an impossibly large blade with a split down the middle of it to capture and break or disarm other weapons. Cool. And it whoosh, disappears. Excellent. Tetra, what would you like to do? You know, I looked through all my spells and so many of them either have fortitude saves or they affect humanoids. <laughs> mm, can't seduce a fish, Paul. Yeah. Ah, Paul. You need something different. You need the right worm to seduce a fish, and I ain't got it. Oh, goodness. So instead, I'm going to use a Mesurist trick ability, and I'll implant it in Tommy. I'm going to implant with a standard action the misdirection trick. Uh, I can trigger it. When the person that I've given it to makes an attack or uses a spell, and it automatically lets them make a bluff check using my bonus to deny the enemy its dexterity bonus. So I'm going to try to give Tommy something to let him sneak attack next time he attacks. That's cool. So Tetral, pull out a vial of something that it extruded earlier, some kind of spicy aroma, and say, smell this, Tommy. (laughs) <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Powering him up. <laughs> and that's my turn. <laughs> Toots, what would you like to do? Daggummit, I don't know which snake is which. There's sidewinders out here in the water. I don't I don't even know what's going on. Never in all my days have I seen 
a lady with bare arms that turns into a fish. It just ain't natural. It just ain't right. But it freaks me out. But I don't want her to get eaten by this fish snake. So I guess I want to shoot it again with the crossbow. Toots is Toots is gonna load up that crossbow again. Once again, he's gonna be using his rapid shot and mini shot feats, which means he gets to fire four times. Ah, cool. And he is going to shoot at this fish snake monster. So good. Toots is going to single-handedly destroy this fish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Again, three of them strike the nine and misses Caitlin. Incredible. Many shots going to land one day. Someday I'll hit them all. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a a 38 damage in total. Jeez. Watch out, snake lady. (laughs) Aridus is still floating. And he levitates around to the other side and he places a hand on the scaly skin of you, Meredith. And you can see that his scars begin to bleed even more. And, oh, I didn't roll very well. Well, he heals you for eight damage uh, and he takes four damage. Oh my God. uh, When he does that. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. That's fucked up. Okay. (laughs) This guy has some issues. Yeah. And then the orm is going to attempt to swallow you. Oh, yes. I mean, no, I want this. I kind of want to see her bust out of this creature's belly. I hope you're prepared for this, Justin. So I've got you grabbed. I can attempt a new combat maneuver check. If it succeeds, I swallow the prey and the opponent <laughs> takes fight damage. Is it going to make a swallow check? Is that the yes. thing? <laughs> I rolled a Whatever 19. Whatever it did, it's very good at it. It's oh. for a total of a 44. Oh, fuck oh. off. This is a big fish. Yeah, it definitely, definitely swallows me, Justin. <laughs> That's a hell of a swallow check. <laughs> It deals 18 damage as it swallows you, uh, and you are now in its soft little tummy. It is your Aww. turn. A swallowed Gulp. creature can indeed try to cut its way free oh, yeah. with any slashing or piercing weapon. It does have an armor class that is 16. Okay. To cut yourself free, you need to deal 13 damage. Okay, easy, easy. Simple baby stuff. (laughs) So it's a standard action to wild shape when I'm not moving. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to shift just right into a bear, which should already cause this water orm some concern. (laughs) (laughs) Indigestion. (laughs) Because it's not just a bear. It is a dire bear that she turns into. (laughs) <laughs> so dope. And that dire bear gets a surprising number of natural attacks. I get two claw attacks <laughs> and a bite attack. Uh, and those are all primary attacks, so I make them at my full attack bonus. I still have my shifter claws up, so that'll give me bonus damage. Let me see what my attack for this is going to be. Am I still considered grappled? Y- yes, because mm-hmm. you could attempt to just escape the grapple still instead of cutting your way out. Uh, although that doesn't seem fun. No. God, what do you climb out? That's gross. I get additional bonuses because I'm a big bear. Um, Specifically, I get plus four bonus to my strength. Ooh. 
So the first claw strike is a 33 to hit. The second was a 21 because I rolled a one. And the third was a 28. How many of those hit? The 33 and the 28 hit. Wow, did I roll all ones? I rolled so bad on my damage, (laughs) on both of my damage. But um, I get crazy bonuses. So that's 42 damage for those three attacks. Justin, do I break through this Orm's belly? Not only do you break through, that is enough to kill the creature. (laughs) 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 Great. What everybody saw was Maribeth as a mostly a person jump in and then turn into a snake and then get swallowed whole. And what they're going to see is a bear climbing out of the water onto the ship. (laughs) And immediately just like starts picking pieces of Orm off its beautiful fur. Absolutely great. Combat is over. Everybody is able to get back safely onto the boat. Do you have to bail the boat out? Toots has his cooking pot. (laughs) His wooden spoon. No, it only sustained uh, cosmetic damage at the back. That's good. Maribeth has wild speech, which is another feat that I can use, which lets me speak while I am an animal, (laughs) which normally shifters can't do. Uh, So Maribeth is going to say, "Well, that that was awfully weird. Are there a lot of those things in this river?" Toots is just going to shake his head and kind of mutter to himself. He's just like, ah. I never reckoned that I would come down here on this river and see nothing like a lady that's a snake that attacks a snakefish monster and then gets eaten by that daggum monster and then busts right out and now she's a talking bear. I do not even know. I happen to know a little bit about those orms and they're really strong against fire and ice, which I only mention because... Uh, Aridas, isn't that your magical specialty? <laughs> he nods. He's a little preoccupied. You see that he's like looking at the damage at the back of the boat and he's just like oh, muttering to himself, like, oh, the boat company is going to try to make me pay for this. I, I can feel it in my bones. They're going to nickel and dime me. <laughs> They're going to take my security deposit. Oh. <laughs> it seems pretty pointed if you ask me. But I'm just a simple... Ba- oh, my God, Caitlin, you're rubbing off. <laughs> I never thought I'm a simple country bear. <laughs> um, yeah, Maribeth is going to stay a bear for a while, just in case. <laughs> it makes Toots really uncomfortable. Aww. Uh, Maribeth will offer for Toots to ride around on her shoulders for a while. Does that make it better? Missy, I gotta be honest with you, it weirds me out a little bit to even talk to you when you're looking like a bear, so maybe I'm just gonna go over here and set my cooking pot down, and just in case we needed to bail out the boat, but you know, you, you, you did a fine job fighting that monster, though, I gotta say. No, that's okay, I'll just hang out and talk to Tetron and old Tommy. Tommy, I like your tattoos. Tommy waves. <laughs> Tommy waves. <laughs> he, he gives you a thumbs up. He points to the, he points to the tattoos. He points to you, gives you a thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I took wild speech because if two-fourths of this party were silent most of the time, this would be a really difficult podcast. <laughs> Tommy offers you some fish. <gasps> oh, Maribeth is delighted. He doesn't have any profession cooking skill, but maybe, maybe the guy with the cook pot does. Mm-hmm. I can make beans. 
<laughs> out of the orb? <laughs> I always have some beans on hand. But, you know, I'll let you guys in on something real special. I wasn't going to tell you about it. You got promise you're not going to steal my idea. All right, if I tell you about this. <laughs> yeah. I got right here a prototype. Whoa. It's a prototype that I made myself. Of beans? Of the Tootsie Bullet Smoothie Maker. And <laughs> I tell you, in times like these, you need a healthy meal on the go. And nothing makes a healthy meal on the go quite like the Tootsie Bullet Smoothie Maker. Tommy is nodding like he, he knows about needing a healthy meal on the go. This guy knows. Now, I don't I don't want to use it quite yet. I don't want to use it quite yet because, as I said, it's a prototype. And, and I don't want to break it. But when we get to Overdale, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to sell it and I'm going to make a million gold pieces. And then you guys can say, <laughs> I knew old poops. Before he hit it big. Oh, wow. And when you buy your Tootsie Bullet smoothie maker <laughs> on the shelves of a retailer near you, you can know that you were in the presence of greatness. <laughs> wow, it is an honor. Thank you, Mayor Beth. I'm gonna, I'll, go, I'll go to the other side of the boat. Yeah. I understand. Thank yeah, you. I, I appreciate wow. that you are a respectful bear. I appreciate that. Tommy takes out a piece of paper and like hands it to Toots to sign it. Like, you know. I'm happy, my quiet friend. I'm happy to give you an autograph. <laughs> Tommy nods very appreciatively. You, you can almost hear him like, mm. Tommy loves a smoothie. I love that we've learned that about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is our chance to get all the Tommy secrets. Yeah, since we'll never meet him in the main story ever again, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so the party is given hammocks to sleep in and you guys are able to rotate your lookout position and ultimately you all get enough rest to heal and reset any abilities or spells you may have used against the sea monster cool in the morning everyone wakes up and gathers on the dock of the boat which is approaching an estuary in the south of berwin you can see the unique skyline of Olvadel in front of you. Its buildings are kind of topped with ornate bulbous domes, like St. Basil's <laughs> Cathedral style, but like everything, all of it is that. Marybeth, when you wake up, what's going on with you this morning? <laughs> oh, right. Let me roll a 1d3 to figure out what kind of arms I have this morning. <laughs> oh. Okay, this is the hardest one. So I rolled for my snake aspect. I honestly don't know what that means for my arms. I think it means no arms. I feel like that's a fundamental snake <laughs> characteristic. Oh my god. You don't have snake arms? Like flailing like snake tail arms, like with a rattle maybe. Like Yeah. <laughs> a third even worse option is that her arm meat is still there, but there are no like bones and they're no. just floppy. I actually hate that. No. Oh, Caitlin, you got it right. No arms. She wakes up. <laughs> Instead of the beautiful, furry, taloned bear arms she had yesterday, she wakes up and she rolls out of her bedroll and she just, she has no arms and she just sort of maneuvers herself upright using her incredible dwarven ab strength. What an unpleasant surprise first thing in the morning. 
uh, yeah, and she <laughs> she she wakes up and she goes, hey, "Hey, everybody, good morning." You get the impression she's waving. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the shoulder. Exactly. Yeah, seeing the expression in the shoulders. Tetra, looking around the estuary and out at the ocean, you're caught off guard by its natural beauty. It's not quite Saphnia, but you think people <laughs> would want to come here and relax. It's at the southern Ooh. tip of Berwyn. You know, it's a very short trip from northern Erosia here. This could potentially be an ideal location. I like it. Tetra is definitely going to note this down uh, in its journal of possible resort locations. In the, in the far future, when Tetra has branding opportunities, they're going to be multiple throughout <laughs> Irisol. <laughs> Tetra says, well, it's a nice country down here. I understand why you'd want to come visit. And what I want to do is I want to cast a spell on Aretas. Oh, oh. interesting. <laughs> Bold. Uh, I want to cast a spell called Detect Desires. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't believe you made a pervert class, pervert lace character. <laughs> Shameless flirt. <laughs> and it detects a conscious and thinking creature's desires. Okay. Tetra's going to continue and say, what was it you said you were going to come here and see? <laughs> Aretas looks like he did not get a good night's sleep at all. Like, perhaps he didn't mm. sleep a single wink. It doesn't look like he's healed from the damage that really he inflicted on himself yesterday. <laughs> you cast a spell, and it takes hold of him, despite being a powerful caster. And do you read his mind, or does he speak this to you? Based on the spell, I think it just comes to me. So Aretas speaks, uh, and he gives some bullshit answer, you know, blowing you off, saying, you know, oh, I've got business to take care of here. Uh, but you see that Aretas is plagued with these dreams, this recurring dream, where he travels to Olvadel and... He meets with this group of scholars and they lead him to this artifact, this beautiful crown, which is hmm. the, uh, the artifact associated with the goddess Iris, who the planet mm. is named after, and that he can use this to become the demigod of Iris. Whoa. Ooh. So that is what you are seeing, his desires that are, are coming through your mind. You, he also just desires to be able to rest because he hasn't gotten a good night's rest in forever. He's just plagued by these thoughts of this and feeling this this call to him. And he's been so busy uh, taking care of his duties as Archmage that he hasn't been able to get away until now. <sighs> awesome. God, that's way more detailed info than I thought I'd get. Oh, yeah. uh, Justin, I have an ability called Aromatic Manipulation. Oh my god. <laughs> This fucking guy. It lets me remove certain conditions, such as fatigued or exhausted. Can ah. I tell if either of those apply to him currently? He's certainly exhausted. Okay. Tetra will retrieve another glass vial with some kind of aromatherapeutic scent. This time, you know, like lemongrass or something invigorating. Ooh, oh, lovely. <laughs> Try this out, sweetie. It might perk <laughs> you up. All of us deserve a nice rest. <laughs> As Aridas takes in the scent, you do see that it's as if he's a bit rejuvenated. He stands up a bit taller, and he looks down at you as if he's kind of seeing you for the first time, and he says, I appreciate it, Tetra. I've, I've been having trouble sleeping. Well, you know, in this big world, we all have something that we're after. Not all of us are just after money. <laughs> Maybe some of us can help you with what you're after. 
<laughs> Aridus is like, uh, well, I think most people are after money, and you can detect <laughs> desires to hold on to his money very strong. <laughs> but yeah, he he is jovial, more pleasant with you, more friendly with you than he was previously. Aw. All right. Nice. Uh, that's all I got for now. So we got a future demigod on our oh, hands. Yeah. That sounds like it'll go great. It's not going to go up great. in flames at all. <laughs> Presumably we were not hired just to take him down the river, right? We're, we're escorting him somewhere more specifically? Yes, to the scholars that he's wanting to meet. Good. Because I want to stick by this guy a little bit longer. Uh, within the city limits, you are all swept up in Olfadel's local color, both literally and metaphorically. No two structures here are painted the same, but they're all bright and bold, and walking through it is like moving through a swirling rainbow. And similarly, <laughs> the streets are filled with people who are enjoying life. Despite being in Berwyn, elves are not a racial majority here. There doesn't seem to be one at all. Any manner of humanoid or creature is potentially around the next corner. Maribeth, for the first time in a long time, you feel like you don't stick out like a sore thumb, even though you have no thumbs at all at the moment. <laughs> Potentially, you may even blend in in Olvidel. Oh, great. I guess if you guys want to make like a perception check for just entering the city, looking around the city. Yes. I've yeah. got good perception. I'm going to use it while I do. I rolled a 26 on my perception. Oh, Toots rolled an 8. <laughs> he's busy thinking about all the glory and fame he's going to achieve now that he's arrived and doesn't know shit about what's going on around him. <laughs> Tommy Ember Eyes got a 30. Ooh, those Ember Eyes. <laughs> uh, Tetra <sighs> got a 28. Maribeth and Tommy and Tetra, in the far west, you can see the palace of Olvidel. And you can tell it just by its height, one of its spires is slightly taller than the rest of Olvidel. And you notice that its dome is constantly rotating. And as you are making your way around the city, looking around, you see that occasionally it opens like a blooming flower. And Ooh. it reveals like a massive golden telescope that's pointed Ooh. up towards the sky. Cool. Very cool. Ooh. The other thing that you guys notice that is kind of odd for a city in Irasol in general is that there are no churches in Olvidel mm. uh, to any of the gods in the Pantheon. Mm. Toots, <laughs> you don't know it is any of this. <laughs> <laughs> However, even with an eight, what you do notice is just an abundance of street performers around you doing tricks, magical mm. or otherwise. But you see that among them, a not-so-small subset of these performers are inventors like yourself, and they are pitching <laughs> their new products like carnival buskers to like enthusiastic crowds <laughs> that gather around them. No shame. <laughs> <laughs> these types have no shame. <laughs> One of them kind of points to you in the crowd. He sees like your cooking pot on your back. He goes, hey, uh, you there, have I got a product for you? And, and he, he waves you over. I'll tell you what there, you horn-swoggling, ornery, four-flushing <laughs> son of a bitch. I don't need nothing that you're selling. And if you know what's good for you, you'll pack up your little tinker tanker, whatever you call an invention, and you'll just get on home now. Wow. Uh, the crowd uh, <laughs> is taken aback. Uh, they kind of <laughs> look between you and the busker. 
Busker kind of laughs it off and he goes, I guess he doesn't care about caked on grease. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> My pots are clean. I tell you what, son. I never have a grease caked pot and you best not imply that I do. People are, are starting to murmur. Uh, they're like taking this guy less seriously. You can see that he is selling like this construct. It's like a terrifying like spike covered golem that's clearly designed for battle, but it's like washing dishes uh, as like a demo for these people. Uh, but it's like cracking the plates and stuff. And people are like, they, they hear what you're saying and they're kind of the, the thrall is lifted and they wander off. That's right. Dudes, you do feel like this is... A town of people who are looking for new inventions, though. When you got something of merit to offer them, <laughs> I'm sure they'd be open to the idea. <laughs> As you guys are kind of taking in the sights, uh, Aridus remains a man on a mission. His head is down. He seems to be following, like, strange guideposts. Like, he'll walk over to, like, a pile of rocks and look at them a minute. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, that, that's it. And then he'll, like, change directions, like, on some weird, like, scavenger <laughs> hunt. Eventually, you guys do end up in front of a well-trafficked blacksmith's shop. Momentarily, you think maybe this is where he's going, but he pivots to a nearby set of stairs leading down beneath the smithy to this large iron door that's labeled the Immortals Guild. Hmm. Can we tell what path he's following or is he? No, it's from his like mind. Like he's just remembering like landmarks in the area and like muttering Mm -hmm. to himself. He's like, oh, yes, like weird like riddles. Like, oh, yes, the sun is reflecting here. Just like they said. (sighs) Inside of the Immortals Guild, it's like a large dank basement warehouse that has been very lazily converted into a guild hall. They just like added a few tables. There's like cleaning noise from the shop above. It's still like obnoxious and constant. However, no one in here seems to mind. They're devoted to academic pursuits. There's like 10 people here in total. And you see them like flitting back and forth between piles of books on the ground and benches of like alchemy and strange concoctions. Mm. Like there's a strange mechanical chair connected to a series of tubes in the back corner. And in the opposite, you see like a tank filled with jellyfish. (laughs) <laughs> also, I looked it up, and a group of jellyfish are called a smack, which I think is <laughs> fucking great. <laughs> so you see a smack of jellyfish oh, inside God, of this tank. Oh. oh, wow, I'll smack me down. <laughs> <laughs> Aridus speaks to the four of you. He's like, oh, please wait here. We'll discuss payment after I talk to the guild's master. And you see him uh, approach like this eerily pale woman with long black hair and blunt banes, and she wears like a long white dress. They whisper to each other for a moment, and then they exit into a private room in the back. Hmm. Hmm. Since this is the first time that the four of these people have been alone without Aretas, Tetra's going to break the silence and say, Now I think the best way to make friends is to reveal something and put it out there and make everyone feel that they can disclose. And I'd like to reveal to you all something about Aretas that I found in his mind with magic. (laughs) (laughs) And that'll make us closer to Aretas? And that will make us friends. I feel like Tetra likes to reveal things about herself plenty. (laughs) Tetra's going to share the memory of the dream of the crown. Is everything that Aretas found that led him down here memories from his dreams? Yeah, it's all like weird dream stuff. <laughs> okay. Ugh. Tetra's going to say, now I don't know much about dreams or crowns or demigods, but maybe one of you do. No, none of those things. <laughs> I don't do anything like that. 
I don't mess with the supernatural, <laughs> the mysterious auras and magics. I don't have anything to do with that. It's unnatural. Well, Tetra was talking about sharing. Tommy passes out some street food he got while we were going Aww. through. Oh, yeah. He hadn't gotten a chance to hand it out to all of you because we'd been going in these random directions. But, you know, there's like maybe some sort of candied meats or some... Oh. Pickled fruits or something like that. Some pickled fruits. I love that. Thanks, Tommy, for the pickled fruits. (laughs) Whenever Tetra talks about the dream and the crown, Tommy nods. Like, he sort of looks around. He takes down his ninja bandana to reveal a familiar face to the players, but uh, (gasps) otherwise um, unknown as the face of Johnny Brightchild. Uh, what? Underneath the ninja mask. <laughs> what? what? He sort of grins kind of roguishly. He says, that is the secret to becoming a demigod. Whoa. And is something that the army of Rascaris has very vested interest in stopping happening. This is one fucking slap to the face after the other. <laughs> I, Caitlin, am shook. It's the idea that Johnny's brain damage is what made him a himbo is I'm added loose in here. Andrew, you've really, you really got me. I don't, what did you just say even? I was spiraling. <laughs> is the artifact of Eris that will lead to becoming a demigod. It's something that will start the fires of war anew again. Maribeth will first of all ask if you would hold the potato that you got for her. She she does not have hands right now, but she would like to eat it. Oh yeah, of course. The candied pickled potato. It's a delicacy in this town. You won't find anything else like it. I like to think it's like a sweet potato that's been spiralized and it's got like cinnamon sugar on it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, cinnamon and vinegar. She'll <laughs> she'll take a big old bite and she and and she'll think for a moment. She'll say, "Can anyone use it?" Hard to say. Hmm. Do any of the group have knowledge religion? Just curious. <laughs> no, no, but I have a trick that lets me make a knowledge check untrained and can use the mesmerist charisma modifier in place of intelligence. And it looks hmm. like I can use it on myself. Hmm. Can I use that? to make a knowledge religion check, Justin? Sure. <laughs> what a weird trick. Toots has some, <laughs> a plus two on knowledge religion, but I would rather watch Paul do this weird thing mm-hmm. with his plant arms. Toots might have a better shot at this, but let's try it. Ooh, I rolled a 20. Very Natural nice. 20. <laughs> Tetra, knowing that the secret to unlocking memory is sent... <laughs> Uh, produces yet another mysterious vial. This one reeks. <laughs> but is highly invigorating. Yeah, so demigods are pretty new on the scene. At this point, there's five or six in total. And they're all within like the last year that they've appeared. Hmm. A few things seem to be common with them. That there's some sort of artifact empowered by a god. And that connecting with that artifact allows you to gain inspiration from the god to turn you into a demigod. Mm. Cool. There is not a consensus about whether or not like you have to share an alignment. It's just that in some way you have to prove yourself to the god through connection with the artifact to be given this. You can't take it without the god giving it to you, I guess, mm. is what I'm trying to say. Okay. 
Tetch is going to say to Tommy Emberize, or whoever he is, <laughs> well, you found your voice. <laughs> You're not the type to be motivated by money, it sounds like. Are you here to stop, Aritas? If he can be stopped. Sorry, it's part of the disguise. Tommy Emberize doesn't talk. Oh, so are you not Tommy right now? I am, as far as you're concerned. Oh, how mysterious. <laughs> Maribeth is delighted. <laughs> this is the Auntie Johnny. Whole <laughs> new side. I love it. You're just so cool. Oh, my God. All right. Um, I'm going to cast Detect Desires on this guy. On Johnny? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Interesting. It is interesting. Will negates. Hold on. <laughs> Interesting. So I'll let you field that, Justin. What Johnny has is a ring of mind shielding. Whoa! Oh my god, so good. Such a super spy. Oh my god. Uh, it makes him immune to detect thoughts, <gasps> discern lies, and to Amazing. magically discern alignment. And since detect desire says it's exactly like detect thoughts, right? Uh, I will allow it to block this. Fucking incredible, no, I love Andrew. That. I'm completely satisfied with that result. <laughs> this is such a solid snake moment. <laughs> Tommy will look at Tetra and say, there'll be time for that later. We've got a mission to tend to. Oh. <laughs> so cool. Thank you for listening to Burnt Cookbook Party and an extra special saucy thank you to our Patreon subscribers. I, there's nothing, I didn't have any saucy follow-ups, but you just know in your heart that that thank you is covered in sauce. Burnt Cookbook Party is Andrew Hansen as Johnny Brightchild, Caitlin Stadahar as Patty Hertz. Wait, who the fuck are these people? Burnt Cookbook Party is and always has been Andrew Hansen as Tommy Emberize, Caitlin Stadahar as Toots Capellini, Paul Lukemeyer as Tetra, and me, Jenna Stieber, as Maribeth Tinmerrill, and Justin Green as GM and World Builder. Produced by Jenna Stieber, this episode was edited by Justin Green and Jenna Stieber. You can find us on Twitter at BCB Party or email us at bcbparty at gmail.com. Happy Thanksgiving, America! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.